The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Welcome one and all to the DL Debate. Thanks so much for tuning in now on Highland Radio or back via the via the podcast. This is your weekly radio show uh, covering all matters to you in the Donegal and across the North West there. I can hardly read my own writing. Kevin Fury's laughing at me here. He's producing the show this evening. Kevin Fury. Kevin, I need a, D, I need a name like that if I'm going to a DJ. He's keeping me right. This evening, coming up on the show, uh, we're going to have 2012 All-Ireland winner Colin McFadden. He's going to discuss Donegal's opening round of the new All-Ireland series away to Clare and Ennis. This week, we're going to talk about his work with Sligo. And of course, a big night for St. Eunice College this Thursday in the Mount Ergal. A big fundraiser, night of legends. We're going to have Colin there, of course. We'll have Michael Murphy, Big Neil Gallagher, Rory Kavanagh. They're the legends and then there'll be a few... Guys in the background, like myself, uh, probably uh, making the tea for people and what have you. But listen, I'll be there sharing my St. Union stories. Uh, listen, it was uh, at quite a time there. I don't know about the sport, but uh, there'll be a few stories about other things happening. So it should be an interesting evening there. Get yourself along. I think there's about 500 tickets sold so far. Promises to be a good one. That's com- coming up later in the show column. We'll also hear uh, from... A man that knows a bit about his sport, it's Derry County star, uh, now a top coach and pundit, Conley Gilligan. will be reviewing the Ulster final and Derry's sensational penalty shootout victory over the poor Armagh men yesterday. We'll also hear from Mickey McCann, uh, or hurling bus, after his team qualified for the Nicky record with a game to spare. Another great victory for the lads over Louth in the park at the weekend. But first up, I was in Cavan on Saturday night and uh, the phrase snatching victory from the jaws to defeat was definitely set up uh, in this game uh, it was a phenomenal phenomenal comeback from uh, the Donegal lads uh, in the game they were trailing Cavan in a low score six points it was three or four minutes to go but somehow they conjured up the brilliance to come back and uh, won, the vic- won the match by a point after the game I caught up with their manager Luke Barrett I can only imagine how the heart was there in that game. You know, it was a, a very a game that took a long time to get going. The first half, you went unreasonably happy. 5-2, they even got their point very late on. We were controlling the game. And a completely different Kevin in the first five minutes of that second half. But then we had our purple patch again. But um, did you think we could come back from, from what happened with a couple of goals? Yeah, just like you summed it up brilliantly, Brendan. Like we um, we were very happy the first half. You know, like we, we knew that, I suppose, look, it, it, unlike the last couple of weeks, it's been do or day. So it was, you know, for Kevin for ourselves it was a bit cagey um, so it was and then um, we took over and I thought we, we were getting our, we were creating opportunities and we, we kicked two ways at the start and we got the point then and settled us and we started to move into the into, into it better um, half time then we spoke about it we said look boys if you were Kevin now what would you do and like, they, you know throw the kitchen sink in no matter how much you say it when momentum comes particularly young fellas it's very hard to take up but I said to Brendan you know after about nine minutes the first as a second half I said I think we weathered the storm and we did from the ninth minute I think to the twentieth we were pretty dominant and we're creating lots of chances but um, 
and that we got hit with the goal then which was soft and then particularly the second goal then was just a, a bit of a fluke and then um, suddenly you find yourself six points down you know yeah yeah and you, you said you had that period they scored four, four points in the, in the start of the second half which was really where I suppose the second half was where, where it was all happening uh, look at that period after we dominated the play we only kicked two points we went for goals we were snatching it a lot and you just felt then when their goal went in it gave Kevin such a lifeline that was going to be one difficult proposition the second one I mean it was, it was difficult obviously on, on, on McBride and the goal he lost the flight of the ball and you're thinking not not in a championship game you know so at that point look you know we're, we're six points down we're staring defeat in the face he said the character of the lad showed was just immense and of course young Brown coming on kicking a couple of scores off the bench what a vital contribution from him uh, listen Danny's been flying and training the last couple of weeks and we you know we felt that he, at, the, at the right time when the game opened up that he was going to cause uh, Calvin problems the way he was training and he did that he picked up a bad knock then when he actually did so he, he actually came off so um, yeah, listen Danny's a phenomenal fellow but the character that they, they showed us was tremendous Brendan like the, you're looking at it as I, I said to uh, somebody I said like in 2016 we were in Corrigan Park and we were uh, 7 points down 11 minutes to go I looked at the clock 26-32 we were 6 points down and you're thinking you know when we're um, we really went after it but I think the, the character of you look, look at the last score where Connor turns the ball over um, has scored by his own admission and his shooting was poor today um, for him to turn that over then make the right decision give it to Shane and Shane who was man marked today um, come up with the last score it just I think it epitomises what these boys are about like you know so um, I'm extremely proud of them Yeah and just on Shane I suppose listen he, what a talent he is probably as you said today but man Mark maybe off colour in front of his his own kicking by his own high standards but certainly when we got equalised you're probably thinking right maybe we'll take this the extra time the guys <laughs> and he had other ideas Yeah definitely like we were when we were um you know, we're trying to make changes you're trying to make sure that you're, you're trying to keep the, the balance right in the team too if it does end up an, an extra time you know so we're on Gavin Doherty and Rona Maher as well you know Shane actually cramped in after he took the shot so he did um, such as the, the nature of the game so it was um, listen he, he you know for the courage to, and the belief for himself to, to take that on and like he didn't it wasn't just a, a looped score or a backdoor cut he, he took three or four men on like you know and he really drove at the heart of the D and scored and he's doing that all the time and he's just as he said he's a phenomenal talent but it's just it's the courage that they showed to just a bit of a reckless abandonment to go after the ball like we pressed the ball so high and caused them problems got turnovers in vital areas and towards the end there and you know it just um, again it's, it's, it's hard to put it into words you know at the end Yeah and just as a coach I suppose uh, looking into next week like, like at times our defence particularly in the first half we looked really locked tight solid you know uh, they didn't look like they could penetrate us at all we've seen a wee bit more open in the second half so so some great stuff to work on going into next week and other things to you know to get better at yeah look you're playing the, the favourite spells for championship um, you're playing against a team that put up 3-10 on us three weeks ago you know and have absolutely demo- uh, demolished everybody like you know Anthem scored two points today I think or a point um, you know and hammered for Manor last week you know and teams that you know that at this level to do that is absolutely phenomenal um, they're a seriously well coached team with a serious background team but um, you know we've we did well in the league in the league to stay with them so it's it's, it's one each now that's the way it'll be looking and um, it's winner takes all next week and until Ulster final and look we're looking forward to it because at, at the very least regardless of result we get the opportunity to play again against them and, and show that we're we're certainly not the team we were in Val of a couple weeks ago Yeah good luck to the lads uh, obviously Derry the standard bears in this uh, competition but 
Donegal have already beaten them this season. They did take a, a bit of a, a, a trouncing in the in the group stages of this uh, championship. But listen, you learn a lot in defeat and certainly the boys will have learned a lot from their own character against Cavan on Saturday evening. An absolutely phenomenal uh, fight back by, for, for them and sends them in in a very positive manner to play. Uh, Derry, now as I said at the top of the show, uh, we reviewed the Ulster final uh, yesterday. I, I had to catch up with Conleith Gilligan earlier, coach, the top coach of the is. He was out training this evening as we're putting out the show. So earlier today, I caught up with him to look back at yesterday's uh, Ulster final. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by a former Derry star, a sharpshooter in his day, a top coach and manager now. And I'll tell you what, a great pundit and a tipster because just before the game, he texted me yesterday, penalties. <laughs> it is Conley Gilligan. Conley, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Dave. Thank you. At the time, uh, Conley, me and you was over and back and uh, I was I was kind of texting you just with a whole build up to the game and, and what had happened in the background that, you know, um, that the Derry lads, I'm wondering, because they were going to have slight favourites, I was wondering how that evened it up. And I was thinking it could go to a draw. And be honest, Ocean, uh, or Conley, for a small, small uh, wager on that, uh, just for fun now on the draw. But you had uh, predicted penalties, <laughs> and you're right, you were. Yep. Well, I just thought the game was going to be very, very close. I didn't think there was much between the two teams, um, either on, on form or, I suppose, Armagh coming down to Division 1, Derry going up. But they've been playing at different levels. So I thought the game was very even. Probably. Pressure, maybe an arm out of the liver, pressure and dairy to deliver in the week that was in it. So I just thought it could be a tense tight game where, where extra time and penalties and, and so it proceeded. Yeah, and, and I suppose the game was set up, um, both teams uh, playing that out and out uh, counter attack style, particularly uh, Derry. Uh, Conley, so I was kind of thinking if you, if you parachuted somebody from, from 20 years ago and they look at that, they'll think, is this the same sport we're actually playing? Now, in that, I suppose we've kind of. I think firstly, kind of we've learned to live with that, but also when the teams did attack, they attacked with a lot more purpose now. So we're seeing the game evolve, and even though it was it was ultra defensive at times, it still was unbelievably exciting and enthralling. It is, and for anybody that that's looking football like the the early nineties or or earlier than that, look, it's it's very different now. You know, most sports, most field team court sports, whether it be basketball, the best way of winning games is that counter-attacking game where everybody attacks, everybody defends, and it's up to the opposition to break it down. Like, both teams attack with 12 and 13 players all the time. So it is a wee bit different from five or six years ago um, where you maybe had different players, but now it's 14 or 15 players, in some cases with goalkeepers, now inside the opposition 45. And it, it does make for a, a possession-based game. But the teams like Derry that are good at it, you know, have just been shown to be so effective in a very short space of time where the development of teams might take four or five years. Derry were fit to do that very, very quick. Connie, I'm just interested to know about your thoughts on that tactic at Crow Park against teams outside of Ulster. You know, we knew this game was going to play out in that style yesterday and in clueless and that, but you just get the feeling how that style would work against the, the, the bigger guns in, in that Crow Park pitch. I don't think it is effective. You're going to have to maybe tweak the game a little. What would be your feeling on that when you're playing the likes of your your Dublins or your Kerry's, Mayo's, Galway's at Crow Park? Look, history has showed already for this Derry team that against Galway, it didn't work last year. Against Dublin in the league final, it didn't work again, albeit they were missing key personnel for that game. Um, it has evolved through the Ulster Championship. They have got better at it. Their scoring rates you know, have been better. Their shot-to-score ratios have been better. 
you know, Shane McGuigan's still in the, the form of his life. They've been picking up scores from the bench, but that will be the acid test for this Derry team when they get out of the provincial venues or even the home and away games of this round robin. When they get to Croke Park and you would expect them to, to hit an All-Ireland quarterfinal, what this game brings. And that is always the unknown here because if Shane McGuigan has an off day, if the Derry defence isn't resolute, you know, can they get the big results and the last two games are showing not but I think Derry have improved from the league final I think they have improved and they've learned a wee bit from last year's Galway game and they have a wee bit more strength and depth you know obviously Kane McFall come back yesterday played a pivotal role um, as, as one player you know so I think probably there's a wee bit more than Derry had last year and I think that might help but strength and depth of one or two players isn't enough the teams that are really going to be successful in Crook Park will be the teams with bigger benches because you have three games now where you're going to lose players and it's how good your bench is going to be. And, you know, yesterday, Derry and Armagh, I suppose, if you're looking at the Achilles heel, maybe Armagh took off Grugan and they put him on again. And he was brilliant when he came on again. Actually, he was better than when he was taken off. Derry done the same. They brought on, you know, and off Benny Hearn. You know, they brought on and off Neil Lachlan. So maybe the strength and depth isn't there for a lot of teams outside the, the big three. Yeah, interesting. Funny you talk about games and, and players there, and of course, young young McAvoy. I mean, what a game he had yesterday. And Derry's big players really stood up. You know, Glass, you know, Rogers, and of course, McGuigan, he's sitting in the form of his life. But certainly, young McAvoy there, you know, in terms of his effect then about freeing up Rogers and, and about how that then affects the rest of the squad. So, Derry are certainly evolving. Whereas for, for Armagh, you just felt that they maybe didn't get the most out of a lot of their players. You know, they're obviously getting suffocated in that uh, uh, Derry defence. And, and I suppose Stephen Campbell not starting, coming on. I mean, I know you need players to come on, um, uh, Conleaf, but were you, were you surprised by, by that? Because it looked like you needed players who were going to open up gaps and that's something he's brilliant at and taking scores. Yeah, look, I was surprised whenever, you know, it was well muted early on the week that Brian Creeley wasn't going to make, you know, on a Shane McGuigan. Obviously at that stage, Jamar Hall was unavailable through a hamstring injury. So it just seemed obvious that Stephen Campbell would come in at 11 as he was named in the programme. But obviously then they threw the dice and they brought in James Morgan to make it a bit more defensive. So like Armagh then played with seven defenders and they sort of had a wee bit more of a presence around the top of the D. Um, but yeah, look, Stephen Campbell, he started every game up until the Ulster semi-final and then was came off the bench the last day to create effect, came off the bench yesterday again and, and probably nearly single-handedly pulled Armagh over the line. So, look, I was surprised at that. But again, you don't really know whether he may have been carrying a niggle or what the issue may have been. But, like, I think moving into the round robin for Armagh, they're probably going to have to look at how they get their best forwards all on the pitch. Uh, but on both sides, there was a lot of players who underperformed. You know, if you look at what happened, you know, Aidan Forker, you know, the two two number fours yesterday, Aidan Forker has been magic all year for Armagh, as is Conor McCluskey both very quiet yesterday. So there was a lot of players who cancelled each other out. And it was really only in Derry, you know, the Brenton Rodgers, the Connor Glass, and, and and you mentioned Owen McAvoy for a young lad, only a couple of years out of, you know, schools football, to come and give a, a really mature performance like that was massive. And in the Armagh team, you know, Ryan O'Neill obviously had another game which knew his capable of. But outside of that, you know, Kieran Mack and Donald McKay and battled well, Greg McKay battled well. But like, Connor Turbot was relatively quiet. Rory Grugan, Jason Duffy, Andrew Mernon. And for Armagh to win these sort of games, 
they needed scores from more places than just Rain O'Neill and, and and ultimately that was probably it. They got a lot of shots off on at the Derry goals, but their shot to score ratio was nowhere near good enough. You know, Derry were much more efficient to get into those positions. Yeah, and, and and you felt you felt really the whole game from that goal. And everyone will put that goal, of course, down to Ethan Rafferty not being a goalkeeper. But we've seen keepers come out for balls before, but it looked like an outfield player going to challenge for a ball, didn't it? And then that fisted goal, and you just felt at that point there's a platform now for Derry to kind of control the game, call the shots, and that's how it was. And really, it was a real slog for Armagh to keep coming back to try and get the. The two, the one, to, to get the equaliser. It, it was. It took a massive uh, effort from that early mistake, if you like, that, that just gave Derry that bit of a cushion that they dictated a lot of the game. As you say, some of their mass shots coming in there and again from Rafferty a few times as well, they just seemed a wee bit uncontrolled. You know, you just thought, hey, it's not going to be our mass day. But in fairness to them, they didn't give up. Um, they kept plugging away and you'd have to say, I mean, there's there's losing finals and there's 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 losing ones and playing badly or, or throwing in the toil. I mean, Armagh gave it everything on the day. Yeah, they did. Look, the goal was massive. Derry won the throw in and they held the ball for for close on three minutes before they get turned over. You know, and that that was massive in terms of the shift early on. Then McGuigan gets a score, and Derry go one nil up. Then all of a sudden, Armagh equalised. Then the goal, the goal come in the ninth minute, and it was out of nothing, a, a misplaced shot. You're right. You know, I think Rafferty was mad to come for it, but he did. And it really set Brenton Rogers up. But like then after that, Armagh then got the next three points without reply. And that was their purple patch. Mm. But it wasn't, the goal just meant that Armagh, when their purple patch couldn't go three or four points up, it just meant it got them level. Then it ebbed and flowed after that. So I think the goal was very important for Derry because they weren't going particularly well at that stage and it kept them living in the game. And as long as the game was around a draw or they were a point up, they could play the game on their terms. And and you have to go into the, I suppose, the first minute of extra time before Armagh led the game properly. So it just shows how how much the game ebbed and flowed. Rafferty's impact, probably from play, he kept two of the best points in the game, was incredible. But look, it was that one decision that Armagh will look back on. If we could have kept that goal out, they probably would have went on to win that game in normal time. Yeah, and listen, he has some strike on him, Rafferty, hasn't he? I mean, he has to have because he's going to be shooting from long range, but he's an unbelievable kicker of a ball. That's why I thought just a couple of them, he seemed a wee bit rash. I don't think he believed himself, uh, Conley, so he was going to take the ball over the bar. But of course, Armagh with the man up uh, and at a time there, it looked then like it was their game to lose, Conley. Then you had the, the brilliance of McGuigan kind of hauling Derry. Back into the game, first of all, with it with that uh, kick from play, and then one in the kick out, they set up the the equaliser. Um, what what a player he's become all all round. Uh, Connolly's between his 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 involvement, his work rate, his freeze from play. You know, he's he's really becoming one of the best uh, forwards in the country. Yeah, and like and so selfless. You know, because it'd been it'd been okay for him to stand up there, maybe try and save himself, but he doesn't. Like he came out and he caught a kick out one time under pressure. You know, and it was. Um, Greg McKay came up behind him really heavy on a big break and he was able to hold it and win his mark and then whenever he took that last kick out you know he broke it away like he had no right to be out there he had no call to be out there he could have conserved himself for the shooting part of it but didn't you know like he's, he'd be a dream I would imagine to coach because he just works so hard off the ball and he can do everything his self-belief is incredible because like some of the free kicks were just like the one that that 
Um, he kicked near the end, like 45 metres out, and a, a swirly wee breeze. You know, anybody watching the game on TV, there was a more difficult breeze than it, than it looked. Um, just incredible. Every game at the minute, he, he's obviously picking up the best marker from the opposition team. Then they're double marking him. In games where there's no ball coming in, he goes out and plays at 11. You know, he can just play it anyway. You know, just yesterday, the game was going away from him, and he single-handedly pulled him back into that game and everybody sort of got energy around him because at one point, whenever Jolly Oak Burns fists the point over the bar um, in the first minute of extra time of the first half, it looked like Rosario beat. There was no energy. Brenton Rogers then comes off the black yard. McGuigan gets the first point, his first point of that second period. And all of a sudden, the momentum shifted. And, you know, from that on, that last 10 minutes, it was absolutely brilliant. I know watching at home, the game probably didn't look great. And that was more so because you didn't get the energy of the crowd probably when you were watching on the TV but at that stage it was electric yeah yeah, and and, and the story just of McFall there uh, Conley you're obviously on the ground in, in Derry you know listen your heart would have without them last year being away and missing that because having watched Derry the last number of years and watching him I mean he's just such an awesome talent and you think you know sometimes them Ulster final victories could come around and, and not be seen again so the fact that he can back in play 20 minutes the last day comes on yesterday and ends up hitting the hitting the one and penalty. I mean, it must have been so so uh, massive for him in terms of it must have been horrible uh, anguish watching Derry and all their success last year and wanting to be part of it. And you're back in this year and it's back to back Ulster titles. Yeah, and look, there's and there's no guarantees in football that just because you're back that, that Derry are going to win again. And and I suppose the one thing that Derry needed was that strength and depth. And and, and interestingly as well, his teammate Emmett Bradley, who was away travelling after getting married there for for five or six months. He's now actually came home last Thursday. So it wouldn't be a big shock for me if Emmett Bradley this week were to join up with that Derry panel again. And all of a sudden, then Derry would start looking for for something more because then the one thing they would have, you know, McFall can come on and cover a half-back or a half-forward. They are a wee bit light in midfield if they do get an injury there. And Emmett Bradley, that's the sort of thing the panel starts to strengthen up. So look, I think... Probably Derry are, are the better for those players going back in and, and committing to the panel again. Yeah, yeah, and a big day for Kieran Mina as well, uh, taking the reins there, uh, Conleith. You know, huge match to be to be throwing him to be to be number one and and take charge of things. He he acquitted himself well. Yeah, and look, and Kieran probably has been with that team. He obviously came in in the last uh, year of Damien McIrlain's term um, before the new regime, so um, he was the one link from the old to the new. Um, he'd been there a long time. He would know Derry football inside out, having obviously taught in Draperstown and been involved in the club scene in Derry um, as well. So, look, he was a guy very experienced, very highly thought of, you know, both coaching and management way. So, look, it was no surprise that he came in and, and done a really good job um, in what was very difficult circumstances for him. Yeah, and so, compared to last year, you know, you've, you, you've this Ulster Championship, there's a real buzz around Derry. Obviously, you're underage, you're flying you're playing Donegal now soon but you're certainly favourites for for that title there's a lot of good things happening you'll go into the, the group phase now as, as, as champions again with with Claire Monaghan and themselves it'll be a group that this you'd be very confident of coming out on uh, Conleith Yeah look I, I think there's been a lot made of it the provincial loser from Ulster was going to go into a group with Tyrone and, and Galway and and obviously that was perceived as, as a more difficult group uh, obviously now you're looking at it you're going to get through this stage. You know, you'd have to have a really, really bad group stage not to qualify. 
you know, so like I think Derry are probably going to really try and push on to win that group to avoid that last 16 game. Uh, but that said, they've Monaghan up first. And on any given day, Monaghan can probably beat any team in the country on a one-off. So that's difficult. Um, I suppose the unknown for, for us in Derry is, you know, Donegal of it five weeks away. You know, what has their preparation been like? Have they improved? Have they solidified? Have they got injured players back? If they've any of those things happening, suddenly Donegal become a very difficult prospect again. You know, Derry beat Clare comprehensively. They'll have learned from that. So the thing about these groups is that there does look like there is a, a seating, you know, that you could probably say, well, this is a team most likely not to qualify. And you would think in that group, or I would say it anyway, um, but that's not to say it couldn't change. One result on the first game out, and you don't know how teams prepare in the five or six weeks. Did they have any games? Have they been resting? You know, are they undercooked? Are they overcooked? Have they trained too much? It's the unknown of the group stages for me that makes it probably so much more interesting now. Because you kind of know where Kerry and Dublin are at and, and maybe Derry, I agree. But the teams that have been away, like there's loads of challenge matches going on from all those teams um, recently. And you kind of hear whimpers of who's playing where behind closed doors. Gates were locked. You know, you hear all these stories. So it'll be interesting to see when it does come to start next week and the week after where teams are at in terms of the pitch of their development. Yes, yes, great stuff. Uh, Conley, fantastic as ever. Thanks so much for joining us. Last week, question to you. Uh, Donny Goldjob uh, next season, is it a possibility? Could we, could we get on <laughs> your services? No. <laughs> Maybe all the relatives in Balanchra would like that because they're able to see us a wee bit more. But, we'll, uh, we'll, no, we'll, no, get home and, we'll get you a wee holiday home there somewhere along the sea. Yeah, uh, all, all, all my cousins and family in Bandorn and in Balanchra might be happy to see or maybe unhappy to see me a bit more <laughs> oh we'll be happy to see you lad don't worry about that listen uh, Conley we'll, we'll, we'll park that one for another day sure listen and we'll catch up as the season goes on alright alright thanks Dave thanks for having me yes Conley Gilgan Donegal Connections of course sure listen did we know he was a great lad hey, he had to have some uh, Donegal blood in him fair play to him he's definitely an option for Donegal that's it he's, he's rising in the, the world of coaching uh, after the break we're going to hear from Donegal Hurling boss Mickey McCann after a side's victory in the group stages of the Nicky record yesterday. The DL Debate with Sister Sarah's Letterkenny, serving food you'll love till 9pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen. And there's free admission entertainment every weekend. Yes, welcome back. Soon we'll hear from the legend. That is Colm McFadden and All Matters Donegal GA. But first, Donegal Hurlers, as I said before the break, booked their fourth final in the Nicky record in the last 10 years. And after the match, we caught up with their manager, Mickey McCann. Mickey McCann, through to a final. That's the, the bottom line. Uh, wasn't the greatest of performances, but uh, you did what you had to do. Yeah, Chris, we played in patches, to be honest. You know, um, the start, first 10 or 15 minutes, we were, we were low power of it, and then we pushed on to go nine up, you know, and I just felt then we, we got a wee bit too complacent and uh, taking the wrong options by shooting from, from areas, you know, and, and not giving it the man a better position, especially a couple, two or three goal chances today. So um, I just feel when we went nine up, we, we just got that wee bit complacent and, and, and didn't take the right options and sort of foot off the gas, and then we got, we got ourselves comfortable again, maybe 10, 10, 10 to 11 points up, and started conceding two or three goals again. So look, um, wouldn't be happy with that last 15 minutes with the, with the goals we considered, you know. Yeah, I mean, they, they were quite a physical side and they didn't have a lot to play for, so you have to give them credit. Yeah, I suppose they're still trying to keep out of the relegation side of the of the, of the table, so um, in that point, two points today, we'd probably have done that for them, but uh, as they had a draw already, but definitely from the video, they're big and physical, and, and one thing, when they get it in the hand, they're very direct in terms of running at you, and that's hard to defend against, so um, look, we, we dealt with 
comfortable enough at stages, but uh, when they started going along there in the second half, you know, they looked like they were getting for a goal. And they did get in for a couple, so um, look, some of them were defensive errors, to be fair, but uh, with a lot of stuff to work on. But Chris, that's the way you want it. We're in a final. We have to take the good. We, we're, we're undefeated in the group stages, and uh, we all know Wicklow was the team to beat at the start of the season, so uh, it's panned out that way, us and Wicklow now, you know. Uh, at half time, you know, you were comfortable enough, but I suppose the loss of uh, Declan Coulter a big blow uh, by the looks of things he, his hand maybe his thumb it is, uh, looks to be in bad enough shape so uh, a concern there definitely a concern and he started the game very lively for us uh, it was right in front of us you know and it, um, I wouldn't be one for for giving out about players or anything else, but it, uh, I feel it was a dirty shot with the, with the age of the hurl you know and stood on his thumb and, and, and uh, as soon as it happened you know he, he kind of called it. he thinks his thumb was broke so uh, it doesn't look good but we'll not know for sure until the x-ray um if he's to be out, it's going to be a massive uh, soccer points for us, to be honest, because uh, he's a big part of the plans, you know. So, um, just fingers crossed that the X-ray comes back and uh, we're not too concerned about next week, but for three weeks' time, you're hoping if it's not a break that, he, that he'll be available again, but I suppose we'll not know for an hour or two yet. So, Wicklow have beaten Common. You're playing them in the final. You're probably getting a bit tired of seeing Wicklow. You're to play them again in the last of the games here um, will, will that game go ahead because it, it really is as dead a rubber as you can get now yeah I think it will go ahead as the GA always for all the fixtures so um, the fact we're home it's not too bad um, you know it'll be a lot of shadow boxing mm-hmm. but we know one another so well from this year I haven't played twice already so uh, the fact we're home we'll take the game and maybe hope to get a look at everybody in the panel and the boys that didn't get much game time and address it that way and boys come back from injury that needs a game you just have to do that way there's always a risk you can lose a man or two but same thing at training Chris so uh, look I, I take it the fixture's going to go ahead you know next week So finally I mean we have the few weeks before the final gives you a little bit of time to, to regroup and, and the guys to get together and I suppose one of your biggest headaches will be uh, selecting that first 15 it Definitely will and you know some of the performances Today, the boys put their jerseys up for grabs, and there's boys looking for them, Chris. So um, we did say that to make sure you look at, look, keep your own house in order. But uh, it definitely will be a headache uh, with a strong panel there, you know, and the team changes a lot. But um, with Declan out now, if he is, it's going to open a hole for somebody. But hopefully, hopefully that comes back as just a bruising or sprain, you know. So um, uh, apart from that, by the final, we, we should have Richie Ryan back and Jack Lohan sat out today. So we, we probably should have a full ball of health, hopefully. Yeah. Very good, thank you, Chris Ashport. Great to hear from Mickey McCann. Listen, what a job he's doing there. Fair play to the lads. Hopefully, Declan recovers for that uh, huge uh, Nicky record final. Of course, one game left to play, but it's getting irrelevant at this stage. All eyes will be on that big game in Crow Park. Get out and support the hurlers. They're putting in some work there. Uh, as I said before, Mickey, come on. I'm going to speak now with the man, the myth, the legend. He did a, a life story with us a few weeks back a great reaction to it what a story it was and he's on the line this evening to talk to us about all matters GA in the county Colin McFadden how are you sir? Yes Ben how are you getting on? You're used to be called sir now all the time that's that's what you're called isn't it so it's it's an appropriate <laughs> uh, title <laughs> Some of the Chrysler boys call me sir and some of the boys at school call me sir but I, you, get, you get all, all sorts I, I, I hear you call me Colin listen hey, I, just from the off um I'm thinking about Donegal Clare now. I mean, you've probably never seen things in this kind of turmoil. Uh, we're away down to Ennis, and Clare, of course, were in all Ireland quarter final last year. There doesn't seem to be much word back on, on injuries around the likes of McGee, Langan, Mogan. You know, obviously, my birdie's back doing a bit of light training. So, going to be, you know, yeah. a very difficult proposition. You know, even, I suppose, the lowest ranked team 
in the, the group uh, con, but still going to be a very difficult uh, proposition the way in Ennis Yes definitely it's, it's a very difficult one to know um, how Donegal are going into it um, they come up to down kind of, a lot of us expected Donegal to get a result up there but you'd hope now that it was a three or four weeks since that down game that they've got a time to try and try and build and build the confidence I suppose because I was probably watching on against or watching on on the down game you know the confidence seemed to be a big issue with the team and you know it was only natural after the league campaign that the disappointment of getting relegated that that have a knock-on effect for that game but um, I suppose the injuries too it's you know Langham and off injured that day and you know I think if he had a stage fit or had even been 50% fit for the full game I think Donegal you know would have had that wee bit extra that maybe we might have seen them over the line that day but um, those injuries are taking their toll but I think you know going tennis is definitely going to be it's going to be a tricky one Claire I suppose they got started the quarter final last year you know they're a kind of common team and they're trying to build on that and um, you know there's a couple of good league campaign or league performances in particular against Dublin they're probably unlucky not to get a result that night and um, obviously Kerry blew them out of the water but uh, it's going to be a, it's going to be a dangerous one and Claire of lively forwards Sexton and Cleary and a lot of young uh, boys have played for UL and the Seagulls this year that are, that are good so it's going to be I think it's going to be a dangerous fixture um, but you know we'll still be still be hopeful that Donegal can go and get a result there mm. What would you like to see Colm because I'm, I'm interested listen, all the time that you played with Michael and, and the way Donegal seemed to play through him and we always knew that there would be this big lull but we're kind of looking around now for, for players to step up and there seems to be this big kind of hole in the team I suppose if the, if the team or together and and I suppose tried to build some kind of confidence into the game but it's very hard to do that come in the season that they, they've had you know if you look at Clare they just would look maybe a small bit more battle hardened maybe a wee bit more um, they kind of know themselves as, as a team it's it's going to be difficult for us to, to counteract that in many ways it's a great game probably for Clare to have as well after the hammering against Kerry Yeah that's true I would, you know I think in fairness to the boys like there's times last year in the league in particular I suppose that Michael would off injured early in one game and maybe um, didn't play another and, and uh, you know the boys stepped up like a member in particular Michael Langan and McBerty were two in particular stepped up in those games and Donegal got a result and you know this year I suppose with Michael Murphy not been there it's those kind of boys that you wanted to um, put the shoulder to the wheel and carry the rest of the boys with them and unfortunately I think that's what Donegal have been really unlucky this year that those big players have picked up injuries and haven't really been um, haven't really been able to do that for us this year because of the injuries and you know I think there's like against Down I thought Keelan McGonigal in fairness to him was brilliant you know he, from the first minute to the last he, he took the he carried the game to Down the whole way through Darrow Boyle as well Darrow Boyle had some game um, yeah, which, which is interesting Colin, because he couldn't he couldn't get into the team previous and he's right up there with their best performers at the minute yeah, and that's the kind of boys like and I think, you know, it's one thing about Donegal is we always do have good footballers and you know, it's just if we can get that wee bit of confidence confidence makes a massive difference to any player at any level, but you know, if we can get confidence into the boys, I think we've, we've got the players there that can get a get a result the next day. Yeah, and come you look obviously we're in a group now with with Derry who are just the type of team we don't need to be playing at the moment. You have Monaghan as well. Right. Der- Derry's going to be at home. Uh, Colm, Colm, is your feeling re- really, you know, it's it's almost mission impossible, uh, really, if, if you look at how, how what's happened to the team so far. I mean, if they can stay competitive, whatever about Clare, I mean, we can go down and get a, 
a resultant player uh, potentially. Yeah. I think in the other two games yeah. it's going to be very difficult if we're being if we're being totally honest. Are you thinking now in the future, Gom, someone needs to be given like a, a like it's like a rebuild job, like a like a four year tenure, and just said right, you know, rebuild the team? Is is that what your feeling is? Where where Donegal need to be at going going into next season to, to appoint a, a strong management team very early on and and you know start to uh, mould a new team. Uh, well, I think now, in fairness, like there's a lot of players there that have got a lot of championship time and league time over the last number of years, and they're still they're still young. So it's not a case where a lot of players is going to be moving on. Like the players there that are, have experience and have shown they've got the pedigree. Um, I think it's just when you get them all back in the field, back fit. Um, I suppose back in the panel as well. There's a few not involved in the panel this year for one reason or another. And I think you know when you get all that. Um, everyone back and everyone going in the one direction. Um, it probably will take it a bit of time to rebuild. You, you take the area there that are building, obviously, on last year's success and they've went to strength and strength this year as well. Um, but I don't think, you know, I think it's only God can get it right and get the boys back early next year. Um, I think there's no reason why they can't. Obviously, it's going to be a building process, but I don't think it's we're starting from scratch. I think, you know, you have boys there that played in a lot of Ulster finals and some a lot that won Ulster finals too, so... Mm. You know, I think it can be it can be turned around, but I think it needs to be turned around uh, quickly because you don't want to you don't want things to continue the way they were this year, I suppose. Yeah, well, listen, it, just what you're saying there, uh, Colin. If you look at it now, if you had Morgan Backfoot, McBurdy, McHugh, McFadden, Ferry, yeah. you know, you've if you'd Langan, fully fit, Farah, you know, McGee's obviously Shane an, and Donald, Shane and L exactly. Yeah. I mean, Connor O'Donnell for me. I would try my best to get him in. There's no doubt that he uh, could play yeah, a, a great, great six for you. You know, yeah. there, there, there's a host of guys which Connor are, from one, these boys. That's right. I, I, there's a host of guys in there. I think if we got the vibe back again, if we're looking across their neighbours and and Derry, look at how far they fell and look where they're at now. Um, uh, uh, Colin, so I get what you're saying. Doesn't we, we? It's not as if we've we've fallen that. We've only been we've only faced one relegation. But certainly, um, yeah. we still have an an enormous amount of talent. Yeah, there's a serious amount of talent there. Absolutely, I, you know, I think it's just about you know, as I said earlier, confidence is key, and you know, having that belief and um, it can change. I suppose if we go back and look back to 2010, whenever we were uh, playing Cross and Glen, and our confidence was on the ground that day, and we thought it would have been a a five year job to get us back on track, and you know it. It took probably the league campaign the next year, and we end up on and we an Ulster campaign in 2011 and gone to one Ulster championship. Like so, you know, it's just a matter of getting that confidence and belief back in the boys and getting uh, getting every man back in the field. And, you know, I do think it's important if you're you do need your key men, big players, on the field and the likes of um, Keelan's playing, the likes of Michael Lang and McBerty are really important to them back fully fit and going well. And you know what, you know what. It breeds confidence in the team then, and there's a lot of boys to flourish as well. Yes, indeed. Hey, if we have a Colin McFadden in there, I think we can have a swing at all Ireland in two years. That'll, that that that's that would be my uh, hope. Uh, Colin, Colin, just a word on your on your on your uh, role down in Sligo. Um, you know, obviously up in the Connacht final there, season season going well. Um, you know, still going well anyway with promotion and that. How do you evaluate things down there, and, and are you enjoying the, that side of life? Ah, it's good now. It's really enjoyable. Like I thought, long and hard about going down, and you know, there's a lot of travelling involved. But you know, since the first day I went down, I've actually really enjoyed it. And you know, it's, you're watching things on TV, and you might be given 
out about them and done one way or another. But when you start to coach them, you realise you can see why and uh, why things are done a certain way and different ways, different ways of doing things. But no, it was a really enjoyable experience. And you know, obviously Galway were just a different class against Sligo. And, um, but uh, what I call just the one thing we've already seen out of the game is if you do make mistakes against those big teams, they punish you. Mm. Uh, but it was about learning, you know. And I think, like the thing about it, last noticed this week in particular, the Sligo boys was, you know, with Donegal, whenever we would have lost Ulster finals, um, and we lost quite a few of them, we would have found it very hard to bounce back, and nearly impossible to bounce back for the next game, and even the training sessions that week, and that was, was hard to come back, and we actually didn't, and reforms wouldn't have, we wouldn't have performed up after, because we, we probably went under with an expectation to win Ulster, and when we didn't win it, it was, it was really hard to lift things, but I think with the Sligo boys this week, they've actually, took confidence from the, some of the good stuff they're doing against Galway they're taking it as a learning curve and a learning block that they can learn from that and you know there was good energy training during the week and the game of the in-house game as well and that and um, I think it's supposed to be, obviously it's going to be a big a big ask and onto the the group stage against the Prinkle Dare at Markovich Park and then with Roscommon away and then literally against Dublin so they're, they're going to be tough tough outings and yeah. we're supposed to the Clare game is one that, or the Kildare game is probably the first that they're going to target first of all. But you know, there's probably we're seen as the it was the second because Stephen after Sligo in the group. But um, you know, when you look at Kildare, they probably didn't have a good league campaign. But it's probably the one team in Ulster, Leinster that everybody's looking to to try and bridge the gap between the rest and Dublin. But now um, I think that's you know they've they've a real good positive attitude in Sligo and the. They want to move things on in the right direction and they're trying to learn all the time and you know sometimes it's going to be tough learning but um you know it's about learning and, and trying to improve game on game mm. and calm so do you look at um the game and maybe think there's something we can highlight or do you look back at the video and decide with the management we need to look at that or that worked well or that didn't work well do you kind of do you unput that then a trade in yourself or do you relate to the coach or how do you how do you play that part in the in the squad I was supposed to, um, you know, I'm working as a forwards coach with the team like and you just try and like you can't go in and, and introduce five or six new things at one time you have to try and do bit by bit and you know, try and prove small things in the game and then you know you're looking at ways or attacking systems that might suit us to going forward and I think even you know I found when we were looking at the, the Galway game in particular you could see attacking patterns that they were using mm. that were very effective and you know, we're kind of bringing that into our own training, introducing that, and um, you know, it's just it's good plays, and it's just uh, just about taking wee small steps like that there, and trying to trying to get the players to to buy into it. And, and if an image of you in the boot skull, maybe from about forty five, they're swinging one over, saying, "Right, that's what you have to do there." Does does that ever happen, though? <laughs> Ah, do have little bits on him swinging all going right. Show them, show them your heat the, map the from twenty twelve. After the, the quad gets bothered after doing the shot, so it's a wonder then. Do you ever do one of them ones? Come, you're you're an underage, maybe just doing a bit of coaching, and then you're showing somebody a drill, and then they're like kick it over. And as much pressure comes on you as maybe standing in McCool Park or Clonus <laughs> or Crow Park, because you know if you miss this now, these wee boys are going to take that pee out of you. Know, <laughs> I've been in that position a few times and they're like, right, kick it over, and I'm like, uh, right. <laughs> we're down at under eleven, standing in there last week, and uh, they were having shots and goal. One of the coaches and they said three of the shots were a drop kick and. Went to drop kicking and ended up kicking the ground. The ball didn't move, <laughs> <laughs> and then they pulled the leg of myself. But 
<laughs> but um, now nah, it's good. It's hard to beat, you know, getting the boots on there and, you know, it's right and coming to this time of year, even you can see the Sligo boys in particular, the forwards are, you know, they're loving the pitch getting harder and yeah. the sod getting harder, you know, and they're saying this is the time of year you want to be playing football and, you know, it's just good being part of it, like, and it's, yeah. um, it's the next best thing to play in and be brilliant to still be playing and kicking points, but uh, no, it's good to be part of it and it's a lot of learning, learning yeah. on it and I find it... Uh, and you're learning, you're learning yourself as well, of course, Colin. Which I know you're going to take back to Donegal here, and we're going to get some use out of this. I know what I know what hey, we'll be. We'll be glad to see uh, you coming back, hey, Colin. Uh, Colin, listen, I have to yeah, ask yeah. you. Um, you're obviously vice principal of St. Eunan's big uh, night on yeah. um, Thursday night uh, fundraiser. A, a night of legends. I keep saying legends, and then I'm I'll be yeah. making the tea or something. But it's yourself and Big Neil and uh, <laughs> Kavna and uh, Murphy and that in there. And uh, I actually met Eddie Harvey yeah. today. We're we were shooting the breeze. He's an actual fact, uh, the one and only Eddie Harvey. We, we're having wild crack there about uh, this night coming up. Or, few stories were flying already so it'll be a great night uh, reminiscing and crack and there's a good few tickets sold already uh, it pr- promises to be a great uh, evening's crack no it's going to be a good evening now it's uh, from Castle Tales to Crow Park Legends is the name of it but it's on my dairy galley on Thursday night half seven I think the doors open half six so there's, I think there's still tickets available to get, be purchased in the college and on Everbright but um, no, it's going to be a good night and a couple of 20, 20 euro ticket yeah. and there's there's student tickets available for a tenner as well. Right. Um, no, it should be good. And with a couple of special guests coming, uh, Sean Ferder's coming, who's past people of the college. Um, Martin Carney is chatting to him just there before he came on the show there. He's coming up from Mayo for the night and he's, he's looking good. forward to it. And I was just chatting to him for about 20 minutes on the phone. You could chat to him all night. You could oh, chat yeah. all night too. Yeah. So, uh, good man, Martin, another past pupil. And uh, what he called up, Anthony Malloy's. Anthony Malloy said he's hopes to be able to make it as well great uh, Sam McGuire actually making an appearance he's coming good. down from Dublin so you're uh, rolling out the big guns you're rolling out the big guns rolling out the big guns I so ah no it should be a good night and it should be should be a few good stories to be told and that's yeah Eddie, Eddie was telling me he's, he's dug out a few old uh, programmes from uh, McCrory Cup finals and different things from a way back so there'll be a bit, uh, of, bit of nostalgia there you know there. I was talking uh, Martin was saying he's actually got a he's got a He's got the report from the Horse McLaren titled the one I think it's nineteen sixty eight maybe. Right. So we're gonna ring that along with him, hoping to get it laminated and that so Yeah. Um that uh, should be good. And even Sean Ferder's daughter, Joanne, was sent me on a picture of the the program that when Sean Ferder played in the, the uh McCrory final. The Cartons beat them by a point back in I'm not gonna say the year because I wanna get it wrong, but yeah. back in the final. So it's things like that there kinda of coming up as a result of it and you know, it's all all good memories, and that's what it should be. Should be um, should be a good night, man. Yeah, yeah. Gary Medea reared up, and we were heading up the minor mates the last day, and we were talking about uh, the young boys and that. Now was it my because of the good work connection? Why we boys be speaking Gaelic, and they, they look like they're heading towards uh, uh, College Alley, and he was like, "That's not happening." <laughs> he reared up a wee. Like, they're only wee bucks. He said, no, 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 that's not uh, happening. I said, "Well, how long does he uh, already good first? <laughs> <laughs> no, McCrory Cups, McCrory Cups the dream. But he, he wasn't having it. Um, <laughs> he wasn't having it. No, but uh, there's someone, there's someone. Uh, I think for the kids to go on, and I never got an opportunity to play McCrory myself. You know, but it's uh, something that a lot of the young fellas aspire to, and it's something that we want to try and um, get them playing whenever they get to the senior football in the college. And you know, to try and challenge for McCrory would be something that we'd like to do moving forward. But 
Debate with Sister Sarah's Ladderkenny, serving food you'll love till 9 pm daily in Sarah's Kitchen, and there's free admission entertainment every weekend.